Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football, where we learn, scout, win, repeat. Time to continue the process. And I'm your host, Ralph Lark. Excited to be here with you guys again. Thanks for joining us on The Process as we continue this look at the preseason. If you drafted last week, hopefully that went according to plan for you because you had all this research. You had already started the process, right? But we're continuing draft talk this weekend. We have a couple of shows ready for you guys to finish off our divisional previews and a few last draft tips and things like that, right? To make sure that everybody's ready because this is a big draft weekend too. Not as big as last weekend. But there are a lot of drafts this weekend. And then it's on to the regular season where we'll get into the regular process format. And I'm excited for that. I'm stoked that week one is just around the corner. But before we get into what we got on tap today, guys, there's very simple and numerous ways to find the process. If you want to rock with us all season. And listen to me help you become a better fantasy player, then there's a couple of different ways to do it. If you like to do the podcast thing on the apps, like so many people do, a lot of my listeners, this is what they're doing. They're driving home, they're at work, stuff like that. You can find us on iTunes, you can find us at Spotify, you can find us at Stitcher. Basically, wherever you're listening to your podcast, search for it. You do iHeartRadio, you know, we're in there. And you want to use the company name, Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. If you type in the whole thing, our page will pop up. You'll see everything that Tiger Bomb does, but more importantly, you will get the process. And you'll be able to continue it whenever you need to. Now, if you are a social media type of person, we got some really cool stuff going on on our Facebook page. Always links to the process episodes, but I do try to keep up with... Um, you know, the latest news and stuff like that, or funny memes, things like that. Very informational. You know, sometimes I'll get a little bit more in depth, but just sometimes. And that's on Facebook. And on Twitter, you can find this there too, because a lot of people need this last minute, you know, quick advice, stuff like that. You can find me there. Plus, I try to interact with a lot of you guys and a lot of other companies and stuff too, just to kind of hear what the heck's being said out there. Versus what we know to be true, what we know to be true to the process. But whether you're a Facebook or Twitter person, if you're social media, you could search us on both of those platforms in the same way. At the process, T-B-S-A-E. That's it. At the process, T-B-S-A-E. And you'll be able to find us if you want to email me. If there's a segment you want to hear, you got some elongated question, for whatever reason, you can email the process too. And the email is theprocess at tigerbombsae.com. All right, so that's the important junk. That's how you find us. And now on to the other important junk, which is what is on the menu for this episode today. Um, And actually, before we get there, there's a couple things we do need to address because 
Last weekend, we got the podcast recorded before the Andrew Luck news broke. I was actually sitting next to some very lovely people at a fine establishment up the street here on the west side of L.A. when the news broke. And uh, the person to my left actually had him in their fantasy uh, league. So it was a heartbreaking moment, but you'll get over this. But anyways, if you don't know, uh, maybe you've been living under a rock, but if you haven't heard, Andrew Luck has retired from the NFL. A couple of things really quickly. The fans, they suck for the way they treated him. He's booed off the field. That's incredibly selfish. Um, I think what I'm hearing, what I'm understanding, what I'm believing is he kind of came to them with this before. And this is why they may have been holding him out, not playing him really, and kind of been, you know, touch and go about Brissett and his availability is because I think he, you know, from what the reports that I'm hearing is that he came to them, you know, at, you know, before preseason with this and they were trying to get him to, you know, kind of rethink it, you know, try to think it out, think it through sort of a deal. And I think it got to a point to where he just decided, no, I don't want to do this. So this is a smart young man. He's made that money, doesn't want to play till he's dumb and crippled. I can't blame him. He went to Stanford. He's got a good head on his shoulders and he knows he wants to do other things. That's just how it goes sometimes. It does change the trajectory of things for the Colts, though, because that team failed to put an offensive line in front of him. Maybe had they did that, he would still be here. He was sacked so many times last year, and you know, and he was going to be under fire again. Um, and that's probably one of the things that led to a lot of his injuries. So they didn't help themselves there. Um, <clears throat> but from their perspective, they didn't do a lot of things that he, talent-wise, covered for immensely. They had, they were, their payroll is in such good shape as we talked about when we discussed them because they're bare bones because of the way he plays. You guys saw how he barnstormed them to the playoffs last year. There'll never be another like him. But at this point, you know, Jacoby Brissett, not a terrible football player, but he's not Andrew Luck. Things are going to be different, of course. And that division, you know, the door is open for any of those teams to step up. The Jaguars, you know, the Texans, I mean, Tennessee. So it should be interesting. But moving forward to preseason, I did want to give you guys one encouraging thing because so many of you just want it to matter so much. So we'll give you a way to make it matter. Just one little tip about that. If you, at this point you've accumulated um, almost four weeks, yeah, you know, of footage of whichever your team of interest is. So maybe, you know, as I said, watch the clips because you could even YouTube, you could go to the NFL channel, you can get the game clips where it's just like, you know, just the plays. It's really short because it's just the key plays. So why don't you try looking at all four of the games back to back to back to back? Try that. I think that'll give you a better assessment of whatever it is you think you can see from preseason. But Another thing to think about doing is watch the guy, not the play, because it's preseason. The plays don't matter. If you're going to watch the quarterback, watch the quarterback all the way, all the way through the play, all the way through the pass, right? If you're going to watch the running back, watch the running back. If you're going to watch the left tackle, watch the left tackle all the way through the play. That's the way you watch preseason, and that's going to help you get a better sense of um, you know, who's struggling and who's doing what. 
in addition to the other things that we'd already talked about. Now, the other thing that I want to discuss is, like we said, you may have done some drafts already. And, you know, you can't really, they give you a draft grade. I had somebody ask me about their draft grade and, um, you know, the, the, the thing gave them like a D on Yahoo. And it's like, who cares? They always, they always tell me that. Who cares? They're judging it off of last year. And the only one thing that we know about 2019 season of NFL football is it won't exactly be like the 2018 season was. That's the one thing that we know. So I don't buy into a lot of that. And, you know, I'm worried. They gave me a B as a draft grade. I'm like, oh, I don't think I like that at all. I'd prefer to have had that D um, based on what I've done in the past with those grades. Now, they gave me a B and they cited some slights in my lineup because of like I have Austin Eckler, you know, but they don't understand the Melvin Gordon, you know, money situation. This is what I mean. The algorithm isn't taking that into effect. So somewhere somebody's getting a, a high draft grade because they got Melvin Gordon in the whatever round. You know what I mean? Because, again, the thing's not considering a buyout. So you can only believe in these things so much. And speaking of that draft, just to kind of give you guys a sense of you know, where to go because I really feel like my draft was very similar to a lot of the drafts that I've been doing on the draft app. And I got a real good sense of where the value was considering I was going to be picking at number eight. Um, I'm in a league of savvy, savvy people. So it's not like, um, you know, anybody can be taken for granted. Of course, Barkley won McCaffrey too, right? And then Kamara there. And then we actually got a shock because Fourth was Devontae Adams, right? And then um, fifth takes Ezekiel Elliott. Johnson at six, Chubb at seven, and then I took Connor at eight, OBJ at nine, DeAndre Hopkins fell to 10, Le'Veon Bell at 11, and then Tyreek Hill at 12. Now from there, so I told you guys I had James Connor. In the second round, I took Todd Gurley. So I stacked up with two running backs from my approved list that we've been talking about. And then in the third round, this is what I mean. From where I was picking, the value was Antonio Brown. You heard in my assessment of the Raiders that it's not like I'm particularly high on him, but you know that's an assessment from that first round scenario. We didn't get him in the first round or the second round. The third round, that's pretty good value for a team that has a decent quarterback, that's on a contract year, um, in a in a an offense for a team that's going to be trailing most of the time because they're pretty bad. So I like that formula. So I took him as my first receiver, and that was in the third round. Now, um, in the fourth round, I took Amari Cooper. Um, <clears throat> in the fifth round, and I, and I actually bypassed Stefan Diggs to do it. Um, just trusting Dak more than... Um, I guess Kirk Cousins, I suppose, but I mean, it's, it's pretty close and I, I hope I don't end up regretting that, but I did take Amari Cooper with the fourth round, fifth round. I took Austin Eckler right there. Okay. To fill out that flex spot, uh, sixth round, I took AJ Green. So we know he's sitting, but already talking about possibly being ready for week two. So we're not going to have to wait for him for too long. So I have at this point for two wide receivers, I have Antonio Brown and AJ Green. That's not bad. Um, in the seventh round, I took Russell Wilson. So waited on QB to round seven, got Russ. I passed on Drew Brees 
um, to get him. I think I took a chance there too, but I just feel like, you know, Brees has home road splits. I know he's in the dome a lot this year combined with his home and away games, but he's had these home road splits and, you know, they do like to run that football. And But I also understand that he's going to get a lot of the screen looks too. So we'll see. Um, but anyways, in the next round, eight, round eight, I took Eric Ebron. And then in round nine, I took James Washington, wide receiver from uh, Pittsburgh. And then 10th round, Darius Geis. I don't believe Adrian Peterson is going to be in Washington. I don't think they need him if Thompson and Geis are there. He may end up having value in some place like Houston or Miami or something like that, though. But in round 11, I took Emmanuel Sanders. And then I took Chris Thompson. And then I took the Houston defense. Mason Crosby and Andy Dalton, who I dropped. Um, so I have one QB and I picked up Nelson Aguilar. So just wanted to kind of give you guys a sense of what you're going to run into in a savvy draft and what I was able to do from the eighth position. Right. So pretty interesting stuff there. Um, now for today, we're just going to go over the AFC West and I'll give you my prediction for who's going to win the division. And we'll start the AFC West by taking a good look at the Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos and John Elway, they bring in Vic Fangio as head coach. Fangio's been wanting this opportunity for quite some time. You know, it it was no secret in Chicago that if given the opportunity to be a head coach, he was going to jump at it wherever it was, right? And for Denver, I'm just going to be honest, this makes sense because here's a guy that's willing to concede a lot of control by way of coordinators. You pick him. I just want to be head coach because he wanted that job so bad. So um, ultimately, he's going to have to play ball with Elway a lot and he's going to be collaborative decisions. But of course, that defense is going to be his. That's what they got him for, right? So Vic Fangio and they've got... Vance Joseph coming in to run the defense for him. That's a good hire right there. The offensive coordinator is going to be Rich uh, Scangarello. They had the West Coast offense. They do zone blocking. The Broncos brought in Joe Flacco this offseason. Drew Flock was drafted to wait in the wings with their second round draft pick. He's not ready yet. He's going to sit behind Flacco. Flacco's got kind of a... Um, Weaker arm, but there's thinner air in Denver. So he should be able to air it out just a little bit more. Not dramatically more, but he'll be able to put a little more. He'll have a little something on it this year, I think, um, in this new system in that air. Emmanuel Sanders um, may not be ready just yet. Um, And I don't like this for them because... The wide receivers they have, I mean, it's just wide receiver woes. Outside of him, you have Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, Jawan Winfrey, um, you know, Cortland Sutton. Look, outside of Cortland Sutton, I can't recommend any of these people to you. I don't care. You know, they're just, somebody's going to have to step up and prove it to us, basically. But Emmanuel Sanders, if he can't play, that puts a lot of stress on every other facet of the team so let's hope that he's ready but also that they don't rush him back we've seen teams cut careers short basically over a game right like it's not that serious 
Now, they have this uh, rookie tight end, Noah Fant. He's a decent blocker, also kind of a receiver. We know Flacco likes to check to the tight end. He's familiar in doing this with Baltimore. A lot of, lot of this last year. We touched on some of this. So all that should be very familiar. Um, Mike Munchak's going to be the, the O-line coach. I like that. Um, this is a new arrangement um, for them in terms of this zone blocking. Now, they signed free agent uh, Jawan James at right tackle. They bring in rookie Dalton Rinsner. Um, those are some key additions for them on the line. This is all good stuff for Philip Lindsay. Um, Garrett Bowles needs to slow down with the collecting of the penalties. This dude is heavily flagged. If you've if you've watched any Broncos games, I mean, I'm sure any Broncos fan can tell you. But if you are not a Broncos fan, this dude just hampers this teams with his um, penalties. This is the worst moment. He's a drive killer. You know what I mean? So. He's a good player, but these mental lapses can sometimes show up at the exact wrong moment and cost your team a lot. Now, running back, they add Theo Riddick, but this is really about Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Um, there's Devontae Booker also. Um, long shot to make the the, the team, I'm thinking. Um, him and um, Muhammad. There's, uh, there's Kafari Muhammad. I don't know if... Him and Booker are going to make the team because they have Freeman, Lindsey, and Riddick. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. It's interesting now because we don't have to shave, shave, shave like you used to in terms of getting down to the magic number of 53 on the roster from years ago. Now they let you do it all in one fill X swoop. So you go from 90-something to 50-something in week four. Just done. So... That is, um, you know, a reason why we'll have to kind of just see how it shakes out. Now, the defense, um, you know, they're going to do some cover two with some cover three and cover one mixed in. They try to keep it, you know, heavily balanced. Um, the secondary, excuse me, the secondary has been bolstered. Kareem Jackson, that's what I mean. Bryce Callahan, Callahan coming from the Bears. I'm sorry, I can't talk tonight. I was... I am having all types of problems. I was so excited to talk to you guys. I am just falling over my words and knocking out my microphone. But anyways, I was um, my eyes were jumping off the page because I just remember like Bryce Callahan from the Bears has come over um, and is a part of this secondary now. And you know what? Between him and Kareem Jackson, they overpaid a little. They paid these dudes three years, fifty-four million between the two of them. So. There's a lot of pressure put on the secondary to produce this year. Chris Harris is returning. Will Parks off to his best year um, after his, sorry, after his best year last year. So we'll see what they can do with new head coach Vic Fangio helping them out. I like the unit. I think they're going to be a good defense this year. Hopefully they can produce some turnovers. Ultimately, the Denver Broncos are a seven and nine team. In my opinion, um, I think possibly even six and ten. And the limitations lie with Flacco. The limitations lie with the questionability surrounding what are they going to do at wide receiver outside of Emmanuel Sanders. So um, those are some things that I'm concerned about. Seven and nine is pretty, 
pretty good considering this day and age in the NFL with all the holes that this team has because it's because I think they're going to be tough defensively so if that means anything to you put some stock in their defense but that is the look at the Denver Broncos so moving right along to the Kansas City Chiefs a lot to like about the Chiefs. Um, Eric Bieniemy is returning as the offensive coordinator to run this West Coast offense for um, this team. And actually, you know, we know how it is. Andy Reid, really, right, um, is running the offense. So the big question is, can Mahomes repeat his brilliant year? Um, you know, even if he has some regression, because he had 50 touchdowns last year, 12 interceptions. I think he will regress, but even if he has that regression, he can still have Pro Bowl numbers. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys. I don't mean to scare you and say he's going to have a terrible year when I say he's going to have regression. Now, another thing to keep our eye on is Travis Kelsey. Can, you know, he should be in line for another great year. He's trying to see if he can top those same numbers um, that he produced last year and he's being drafted Um, with respect to that information and you know this team is looking poised to do it again right wide receiver they need Sammy Watkins to take a step forward really stress you know really help out in terms of drawing attention away from Tyree Hill speaking of drawing attention away from Tyree Hill he's not going to be missing any time this guy you know they it all worked out for him He's ready to roll. It's been a quiet camp. Um, I'm not going to harp on it, but, you know, there's just a lot of parody in terms of punishments and what's been done and what's been proven. And all this stuff is so hard to keep track of. Um, And for their part, I feel like he's been pretty low key. Um, As far as their running game goes, you know, they, you know, they have some, some inside zone, but also some stretch zone blocking going on up front. Um, it was going to be Damian Williams. Now they're talking about this timeshare, but we know what Andy Reid is. Um, we feel like it's probably just going to be Damian Williams. I really wish that Daryl Williams could have got a good look. He's still third. Um, I don't think he's going to get uh, too much time. But Carlos Hyde was supposed to be, you know, running a second for a while. Guys, he's out, I think. I think Carlos Hyde is out. Um, I do not have the name. I'm sorry. Of the rookie back that looks good from Kansas City. I'm blanking because when I was doing all my notes for this team, um, he was just starting to erupt. I didn't, I and I he had come out after I completed this, um, and so I've read up on him, but I don't, um, I can't remember right now. I'm sorry, guys, and I'm not gonna hold it up. I thought I had it here, but the the what I'm getting at is that Carlos Hyde is not as important as we thought. And I guess our stock in him has to finally be diminished. Like, you know, maybe he'll also get traded somewhere too. And maybe he can find relevance. But I'm kind of thinking like he probably won't. Because he's been in some really good situations. And just hasn't been able to like take advantage of it. So I, I think it is probably time to start worrying about him a little bit. Um, the defense. They're going to run that 4-3 defense with some multi-fronts. Eric Berry's out and the Honey Badger is in. This is a pretty good replacement. Um, He can line up anywhere. This is a really good replacement. So 
Honey Badger looking to anchor this secondary. They have a new secondary coach, Steve Spagnolo. We know his deal, uh, former Giants head coach. Um, they have Brashad Braylon, and they have Morris Claiborne, who came over from the Jets. Um, Braylon can, you know, play some cover four um, for this secondary, and they're going to do some man-to-man deep too. So I like some of the pieces they've added here, um, but it was a bad defense last year, and they need to overcome this. They drafted some guys to help fill the voids uh, from free agency and trade that they lost. This team was good, um, and I think, as I said, though, the story with them is going to be a little regression, but that's okay because they were so good last year. It shouldn't be too big of a deal. Now, as far as their record, I think Kansas City, I'm going to give them 10-6. and six. And I do think they can make the playoffs again. But people, we know how it goes in the NFL. This is year two. We've seen it. You know, it's going to be harder to replicate now. It's going to be harder to replicate now. Um, And Kansas City, I mean, they're in a good spot. I'm not saying they're not going to be a good team. But I'm just saying the, the verdict is out on them. Now, once a team is beating you, like New England, the other teams are just going to watch it, right? They're just going to look at it, see what they did. And when they play you, that's it. That's what you're going to have happen to you all the time. So Kansas City, 10 to 6, and that's the look at them for this year. And so the L.A. Chargers are next. So, the 600-pound gorilla in the room. Melvin Gordon holding out. It's not looking good. He's going to miss some time. He's going to miss some time. He's only played one full season since 2017, um, which is really why they're hesitant. If you if you are somebody who like doesn't, you know, quite if you're like I don't get what's going on, like why is this happening? He hasn't really been healthy, so they are hesitant to pay him the money that he wants because they're unsure of just what they're going to get from him. And they have Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler. Doesn't look like this one's going to end quickly. So it's like a stay tuned thing there. I mean, a lot of people are saying that he may get on the field. Um eventually but I just don't know I feel like this is different from Zeke Elliott because Zeke Elliott's gonna lose like a year of eligibility if he doesn't play and he needs that to get into the pay bracket that he wants to be in so that's gonna get resolved this I'm a little bit more like concerned about I guess as far as the old line goes though this is like they're okay um I like the power blocking scheme but Russell Okung's out indefinitely. He has a pulmonary embolism. Like, that's serious, dude. Like, you're not just coming back on Tuesday. The line is hoping to gel and create some lanes for this power-blocking scheme. But time's going to tell if they can do this. I, I think they have a chance, but, I mean, you got Pouncey. I know he was never that healthy in Miami, so... It's questionable, but it's possible. And I hope that makes sense to you guys. They run a earn they run an Earhart Perkins system. Just so you guys know. And you should know what that means at this point. But as far as the quarterback position, I like that they have Tyrod Taylor as the backup to Phillip Rivers. 
um, that looks great. That looks great. That's a good option um, with with Brissett starting now. I think Tyrod is probably the best backup in the NFL now. So that looks good for the Chargers. They don't have to worry about anything catastrophic happening at the quarterback position. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I like these guys. You know what I like most about Mike Williams, y'all? Actually, it's a thing from last year. He played 16 games and he had 10 touchdowns. That's what I like about Mike Williams. That's what I like about the man right there. Somebody that just, you know, you worry about so many of these guys and you, you know it's tough. You know they get banged up. You know there's a lot going on, but there's... So much to be said about an Iron Man that's just out there. And that dude did double-digit touchdowns too, which is phenomenal. We hope Keelan Allen can stay healthy. I've been burned by him in the past, but guys, I still think that he's worth it. Like He is special when he's out there and when Phillip Rivers is out there. It's a good connection. It's a good combo. So I can't even knock that. Did Travis Benjamin in the slot? I still like this offense. Um, a lot. When you look at that slot receiver plus Eckler, there's just, I mean, it's pretty good if the O-line can hold up. They are getting Hunter Henry back. That's a huge bump for this team. They're going to hold on to Virgil Green because he's mostly going to be utilized for blocking, but offense is something to really like. Um, The defense, this 4-3 defense, um, and they do cover for three in a second there. This would have been one of the best units this year. Um, now, we know Bosa was already a little banged up, but this is going to be one of the best units this year. But um, Derwin, Derwin James going down is a huge loss. It's, it's going to be hard for them to replace what he does because he did everything. If you don't understand what he did for this team, he did everything in the secondary. He roamed. He manned the man. He covered the... He, it didn't matter what you want him to do. Come up and play as a line. He did everything. So it's going to be difficult. There is no replace. There's nobody that's going to fill in and play his role. Like, that's not what it is. He had a hybrid role. So this is why we say we have to bring our expectation down. Um, definitely, for sure. As far as linebacker goes, they need to be healthy. They're so banged up there last year. Um they kind of like happened upon the strategy to beat Baltimore, right? Out of necessity. They played all those uh, DBs at linebacker. So they had DBs in the secondary and then they had DB defensive backs, guys. DBs in the secondary, DBs at linebacker. And that's how they beat the speed of Baltimore with with Lamar, quarterback. And we thought it was, and I thought it was smart like everybody else. And as I talked about when I talked about Baltimore, um, it really was a facet of them being injured and not of them like figuring it out, right? Um, but you know this because the very next week they did the same thing against New England. That's how we know they weren't being just smart against Baltimore. It was a, you know, I should have keyed in on that. It was because of injury. So the linebackers need to stay healthy in this unit because it's not the same if they don't. Um, they have Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator. I really like that. He, he has a good, he, you know, the safety tandem was so good before Derwin James. So what I'm going to do is I won't ding them too much, but they got to be dinged. Would have had them in 10 and 6. Cannot do it, guys. They have to be a 9 and 7 club. I don't think they can win the division um, over the Chiefs, basically, because of this. And I'm going to go ahead and right now, 
mark the Chiefs back up one game. 10 and 6, possibly 11 and 5. You know how I did the possibles for some of the others. So that's what we'll say for them. And that's our look at the Los Angeles Chargers. And lest we forget the choking, oops, I mean Oakland Raiders. Gruden, second year. Um, Him and GM Mike Mayork putting together a big stinky burrito, guys, as they get ready to move this team to Las Vegas. Um, They went and got out, and they spent money on Antonio Brown. And you guys know I wanted to be good. I told you I drafted him. But if I'm them, I would already be sick of his crap because this dude, I mean, you know, we had the feet thing. Okay, fine. Now it's the helmet thing and it's like threatening to retire. All this is incredible in my mind for some dude that wants us to believe that the problem was not with him in Pittsburgh and that the problem was with the other people. He comes here and just so much dramatics, so much dramatics on Twitter. It is incredible and it's hard to keep up. I would be sick of his crap already if I was them. I am hoping he is going to make up for it on the field. That's my hope. Um, But this does not look like another good team. It looks like they are tanking for another high draft pick just before the move to Las Vegas. I... Don't have that as fact, but when you look at what they have on paper, I it's not I could buy that. It's not hard to see. They bring in Tyrell Williams along with Antonio Brown. They added JJ Nelson, drafted Hunter Renfro, who's gonna play in the slot. I'm okay with all that. Rookie running back Josh Jacobs from Alabama. He's gonna run ahead of Doug Martin. I'm okay with that. They have some questions at tight end. They brought in, and I don't, I mean, the questions is who? I don't know who. You guys tell me. Email me. <laughs> the process at TigerBomb, SAE.com, because I don't know um, who's going to step up and do anything there. And I am not going to talk to you guys about people that I don't feel can adequately be involved. I just don't. So um, they brought in Richie Incognito. For the O-line. This dude's been off for a whole year. And, of course, he's got to serve a two-game suspension for violating the league's policy for personal conduct. So, you know, bad dude, if you remember anything about him. But, um, you know, pro bowler, I think, each of his last two seasons. So, he's going to set a tone for nastiness on that O-line. This defense... They spent a fourth-round draft pick on Clellan Farrell, number one on the D-line depth chart. That's their number one dude on the D-line depth chart. Jonathan Abrams being mentored by LaMarcus Joyner, their safety. And they're hoping that he can, you know, help him out and really help him to improve quickly. They signed Vontez Burfick. I mean, he's strong, he's slow. Um... But this team, this 4-3 defense, they're going to have some issues. The offense, they're going to have some issues. Guys, I'm not going to put you know, lipstick on this pig. 
I think this is a 3 and 13 team when I look at their schedule. This might even be a 2 and 14 team. I feel like there's going to be antics from Antonio Brown, but I'm just hoping that he has his attention on for, you know, a better part of the season than he doesn't. But I don't think it looks good for the Oakland Raiders this year. And as I said, they it just looks like they're just tanking for one more draft pick right before the big move next year to Vegas. And then I think some people are going to be on the hot seat if and when this team still looks the way it looks. All right, so that's been the entire AFC West. And uh, we've kind of give you sort of my little look at, you know, all each and every team. There you have it. Thank you for joining me today, guys. To summarize it all, the injury to Derwin James, I think, takes the division out of a toss-up and gives it back to Kansas City, in my opinion, to be honest with you guys, because I think Kansas City wins both those games now. So I bumped them up from 10-6 and six to 11-5, and five, and I had to bump, um, obviously, the Chargers down. So that's my look at the AFC West. Hopefully it was impactful for you guys gonna keep it coming we got one more to go we got the nfc west for you guys and then you'll have our whole preseason look at the nfl so that podcast stay tuned guys it's gonna come out really soon for you guys possibly tomorrow gonna be including uh some tips in there maybe get into some dfs tips we might save that for the first week um but i'll possibly i'll probably just try to start to you know bring in some of that stuff and take a look at some of it for you. But um, at any rate, that's been our show for today. Really appreciate you guys joining me again. And remember, this is your home to learn, scout, win, and repeat at The Process. Peace. The Process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.